Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. Welcome to part two of the Three Wise Marks summer special all about brand marketing business in hospitality, food and drink. Myself, Mark Stretton and Mark Wingett are going to talk about a little bit just to finish off the business section of the podcast and then we're going to go into a lot more about the successful creative things that happened this year, the can lions for Burger King and all of the great marketing that you all did over the past six months. One of the biggest things for me, um, and this is being purely selfish from career stuff, is... um, so what are we thinking about that Clive stepping down Pret buying eat all the other Pret stuff uh, allergen wise a lot's going on uh, this six months but a lot's went on in Clive 16 years as well I mean it's an, it's an amazing innings I mean he has turned that company into a global success story which is not really British companies from this sector say they've been global success stories but yeah I think the last year has probably been the most trying and busiest of this 16 yeah. years apart from the first I would say arguably the nine months when he came in and, and managed to sort out the relationship between Sinclair Beecham and Julia Metcalf who were the founders well I was going to ask that because I don't know that stuff so going back when Clive came in was it not as good a business was it not in it, good a shape it had over expanded I don't and he, he was this he, America or just no, I think America, Japan. They tried, it didn't okay. work. Um, I think America was a real challenge for a long time. It was. Mm. Yeah. But he, he came in and kind of compassionately brought business sense to what they two entrepreneurs had, had done. Mm. Yeah. And you know, he, he actually, I would argue that until the last two or three years, when he started blogging and started going out there and asking for comment, he'd gone under the radar. No one, if you'd said yeah. to people who Clive Schley was. Most people, in the, even in the industry, would not have said, oh, that's the, that's the CEO of Pratt. It's a little bit like, is it John at Weatherspoons? It's a little bit like that. Yeah, I mean, but I think you'll find that slightly different because you've got such a, uh, a strong character. Head, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, who's Rob Papps? Mm-hmm. Who is Rob Papps? Well, I know it's who Global, global is. Chief Executive yeah. Nando's, but, you know, if you walked up to you and came up into the, you know, came to you in the live stream... I'd say, hi, Rob, nice to see you again. Well, we would. <laughs> we would, obviously, and kind of have a cheeky Nando's. We're at it. And can, where's, black, where's can, black, black, can I have a black card? Can I have a black card? How's Ed? Can I play you a Beyonce track? Um, <laughs> but my point is that he, he has done all this pretty much behind, under the radar. Massively underrated, or, or no, I don't know if he's underrated amongst you know the industry, but just probably doesn't get the credit that he truly deserves. No, not at all. And, and I would argue he's probably had the toughest year of his CEO shit. For sure. You know, you've got sale to JAB, mm-hmm. you've got the fallout from. Um, the unfortunate allergens situation. And what about the reaction to allergens then? So initially there was a little bit of here's a corporate statement, here's this, here's that. But I think 
they handled it better as time went on. They had a for sure. They, they kind of found their feet, didn't they? But yeah. that's, that's the, I think I think that's where people have got a slight problem. They handled it as you said as time went on. Mm. I think I think, the, I think the lawyers were in charge to begin with, and that easy to say in hindsight that was a mistake because well, you go back to the Byron immigration thing you didn't let the entrepreneur speak you let the private and you let the lawyers get involved mm-hmm. um, but Mark's right I think uh, you know it's but I think coming back strongly it was almost like politics now here's our five point allergen plan or you know how many points it was and it just felt alright oh, okay but as I say I think it was unfortunate for Pret because I think it could have happened to any business, and I think For if sure. you look at the the independence of the world, the, the zero labelling, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, I think I think for the length of time between when it when it happened, and then the company response, that was where they drew criticism. I'm sure we all understand why that was, but they probably needed to move a bit quicker. But like to your point, I think as time went on, they found their feet with it, and that they got hold of the issue, yeah, and they and they went towards the issue, and, and they changed as a result. I, I, I find it amazing that National Press Story immediately said, oh, it's because they had a private exit. You know, it's almost like they tied it in more. It's a new private deal. That's a narrative, it's, isn't it? it, it it's things have changed. It's private exit arch. What was private exit Which we, I, know, I, we all know is total BS. I, 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 agree, I agree with Mark. I agree with the fact that... Which well, one? I don't, I, I, There's three of us. With, with both of you. We're all wise. With, 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 all, with all four of you. Um, <laughs> the, the fact is that they were slightly slow off the mark, which is unusual as a prep. But when they did it, they, they went all in. Yeah. You know, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna bring the industry, we're gonna bring the sector with us. Mm. And they made the great they made the right calls bringing Tim Smith in. And that's it's up to the rest yeah. of the industry to follow. Mm. And you know, they really took control of it in that respect. And in, in terms of Clive, I mean, you know They sort of found out found took a took a time to find their kind of voice and, and yeah. re- return to what they do, which they are a leadership company, I think, in our sector. Yeah. yeah, and that's what they've done. Well, they're in an odd spot in that the usually you've got market leader and thought leader in a market, you know. Um, but interestingly, they're a lot of both. They're both, and in, in a sure. lot of ways. I mean, I think Leon's up there with the thought leader side of things. But and so, what about Pret's marketing stuff as well of late? Because it drew quite a bit of criticism lately. Like the latest campaign, see a lot of people on LinkedIn saying. Oh, that doesn't look. It was a stripy poster. There was a lot more, like, fashionable, I suppose, like, grammable images. And it's it's looking a little bit incongruous. Maybe you, you might want to say, which is the posters are looking quite grammable in terms of there's the coffee with the big pink and all that. But then you've still got the DIY veg images on it. I don't know if that's living together as well as it might. I just think this it's. Taking taking Pret as a whole, not just the marketing, but the whole whole play, it's now easy for people now to have a go at Pret because there will be a slight vacuum mm. because Clive's stepping down because um, Pano will step up. It's easy. It's a good appointment though. With with a new product, it's know. a very good appointment. And, they, and who heads up US? Who heads up um, Asia? People who used to be general managers, yeah. if not assistant managers of schools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great tale. Yeah. Um, but I I, I just. Like Mark points out, it's easy when a private team comes on board and does a deal for us to ask because they've got a new owner. Yeah. It's just lazy, isn't it? We, it, all, it, we all know. We it, all know. It, it is lazy. Clive, Clive should be seen as someone who's run that business with humility and with uh, an excellence that people should actually you know, look up. And I don't think he gets enough credit for being a global success story. And he'll still be involved. You know, he isn't going anywhere. No, and, and it's interesting the amount of people who have contacted me over since the announcement to say, I'd love to have a coffee with him. Mm. People who have got quite significant businesses who yeah. go, we'd like to tap it, tap his brain and, and see what he thinks. And, you know, it's easy. And I, I think I made the you know, two and two equals four that, you know, Julian, who is, is had you know, pulled back it to a little bit recently, mm. would not have go, Clive, come and you know, have a look at the, the, the business you've still got shares in um, and see what you can do over here. I think, you know, mm. I think, I think he, I think, you know, he's got a lot of interest outside and people forget all the good stuff he's done with the homeless, all the stuff yeah. that he's taken on. 
So I, th I just think it's easy, you know, it's like tall, tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? When we when we see so successfully, let's, let's yeah. pick at the thread. Yeah, that's that, that stuff about him coming out um, in the last two or three years and being a bit more visible and blogging and, and being on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. I think that's really interesting. I think there's no way that he would have done that without recognising that that was what needed to happen for the business. Mm. And I think also when you look at it, for any other CEOs or business leaders out there, it's kind of like, this is what you need to be doing. Personal brands. It's well, really important. important. Well, it goes back to the Hawksmoor point. The personal brand is Will doing, yeah. the, doing most, most of the tweets yeah. in Hawksmoor. It's almost like Clive's gone, I can do this yeah. for something that's got X amount of science. But it's bringing that human uh, voice and that personality and person to and a big business like that. But going back, really it was important. why Dell and IBM were so successful because they did visible blogs back in the day and yeah. that's that's what happened. What about market halls then? I think it's quite interesting, market halls, I think in what they're doing now in London is is a case in point over here because it's going to be so competitive in London to mm -hmm. all these like uh, Diorama, I mean I know Jonathan will say that Diorama is slightly different, it's more of an event in the evening, right. um, whereas uh, Michael always is all day. I think the clever thing that they do, that have done, and if it comes off, is the Into partnership, mm -hmm. and as being like the evolution of the food court in, in shopping centres. If it works there, you know, the ability to go, well, we've got another 15 sites we can do. So they run into like Milton Keynes and all these kind of Well, that's what I mean. If, if, if Lakeside works, which is the first one, mm -hmm. and, they, and they can do it right enough, there's always the temptation to go, we'll get the next best thing from London to come along. It has no say to the people who regionally you're talking to. Yep. And you've got to be careful, and I think I wrote about this last week, where you go, this scheme, we're thinking, all oh, these people are great in London, and we'll translate them to Oxford. Yeah. You've got to have that kind of local feel, and I think what they've done cleverly at Lakeside, they've got some guys who the tale is we first came out of Essex, yeah, and we're coming back to Essex, yeah, like I think it's Fendi Pizza or something like that. Okay, and if they can get that right and then translate that to different, sorry, to different shopping centres around the UK, I think they've got they've got something that is actually yeah. better than try markets. That um, I think that that will be. In terms of a business sense, and Bridgeport have been very clever at taking the stake early. Mm -hmm. I think they can really pay I mean, you know, I hear that the Victoria one does 170k a week. Wow, it's all right, isn't it? Is that and that was before the. I think that was before the um, the, the the evening terrace opened to the rooftop. But that whole that whole market halls thing, night markets, what Jonathan Downey does, what Roger does at Box Park, mm -hmm. just think it's an amazing piece of innovation in our sector. Yeah. Um, and also hugely disruptive mm -hmm. to the incumbent operators. We were at um, Vinegar Yard last night near near London Bridge with some of my team. That's not a good name, is it? <laughs> that sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> I think I, there must be some history there. I'm sure. But, oh, but so it, many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just incredible because there were yeah. probably 300, 400 people all sat around... You know, it was absolutely rammed. I've got a huge well, team now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, just half of them. That was what, just the London but office. What, but what about Cold Drops Yard then? Because mm. people are saying mm. they're not sure how successful that's been. Mm. I don't know. I think that was one one interview with the Hart Brothers that maybe they look back on it now could have probably gone a bit better. Um, mm. Will it come? I mean, once Google's arrived and... I mean, King's Cross is an interesting case in point where everyone, and you look at... There's a, there's a lot of mouths to feed there, aren't there? If you look at what's in the station, what's out the back, you've got a, where quite a Leon and Drake and Morgan are. Yeah, it's a, it's a hike. And, and you've got a, 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 a scheme that looks fantastic, design-wise. Oh, yeah, it was stunning. And then they drop in a street food element, which looks like a shantytown in the middle of a very Ooh. nice... Yeah, you know, I, I just I think they've got to be clear about what they want that to be because mm. you've got to walk past Granary Yard. You've got to walk past before you even get to Granary Yard, Granary Square. Sorry, a lot you've, of good places. And oh, Dishum's still got the queue. Yeah, you've got Lena yeah. Stores opening yeah. as well along from Dishum. You've also got that drag with Vinoteca, Drake and Moore, yeah, yeah, Granger yeah, yeah. Co. Yeah. You've got a lot of stuff German you have to get gymnasium, through, which is magnificent. German gymnasium, yeah. Uh, anyway. You've got a lot of stuff to get through <laughs> to get to that point where yeah, you go yeah. I'm just going to go to the hot post, which is an exceptional offer mm. I just think they haven't thought that through about this will be great please come along and the last there's other things like I think Hoppers is going to open a site there 
Yeah. Which will be which will be great. That will help. Um, which will help. I think it will evolve and it maybe will build, but you know, look at something like Caravan, which is an amazing site. Dishim is an amazing site. Mm. You know. Dishim is fantastic, isn't it? And then what about the rise of uh, Indian then? So you've got Dishim already, but then you've got Mowgli and Bundlebust. I was blown away by it, and some people have been a bit like, "Yeah, it's right." I thought it was absolutely magnificent. I, I know many people who would like to invest in Bundlebust. Tom, Tom Bing got there, and this is there. this is beer meets Indian cuisine. Yeah, but it's just, a night out. But it's food, which is a night at twelve o'clock at night. But the food want. is so tasty. It's no, it's no meat, right? It's, I don't think it's. I think it's no meat. No, no, certainly no, when I was there. I, I think there is meat. Is there? Well, we didn't have any. And we got three things each one. I can still taste it. It was so delicious. Like, I can still can remember how great it I was. I think mine... It's four pounds or something for a main meal. I think mine makes the point about Dishoub when we all go, what they do is fantastic. Mm. And we all think then, <laughs> you almost look at the chicken market and go, oh, now this is great. There must be a... You know, all the checking yeah. There must be a gap there. And you, and you do that. With Dishoub, it's like... We talk about Mowgli and I love what Nisha does, I love what Mo does. They have to be careful, they don't fall into the trap of over-expanding. Too quickly. Bundabus yeah. has got, what, three sites now? Three, yeah. I think, yeah. Liverpool's just opened. Or I've been to Leeds. Leeds mentioned Leeds is the one I've been to, yeah. And they've got Tom on board, who, Tom B, sorry, founder of Byron, who's on board now, who will give them that lovely advice. He's, he's learnt lessons, he's been there, yeah. done that. And they're lovely guys, Marco, uh, Marco, uh, Rick, I think it is. Not sure. Um, they're great guys, and um, I just think just just be careful. Take your mm. time. You've got no pressure to roll out. Cricket's yeah. another one. But Cricket, you could see that rolling out so easily. You've got you've yeah. got cricket's another one, which they it's quite interesting that you talked to Rick and you hear he was at the um, Griff event the other day saying we could probably do another two in London, but actually wanted to go international. Mm. You've got the, these new operators that are coming through have not got this. We must do thirty skypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We must go to every university town. Mm. We must go to every major Which town. is healthy, isn't it? It is yeah. healthy, and I think we've got these, you know, and, we, and we've got delivery concepts. We've got retail. Yeah. It's a whole, you know, and, and you know, there was a, there was a um, a panel the other day with um, Tom Elliott from Pizza Pilgrims, Rick from Cricket, and Charlie Carroll from Flat. And they said, "Oh, you do you? Love, do you I love Flat Island. Do you hire people? Do you hire people for a career? And they don't know. We hire people because we think we'll get them for three or four years. Yeah. And when we're in the actual interview process, we ask them, why have you chosen us? Yeah. Why haven't you gone to cricket? Why haven't you gone to Peace Road? They're equally good businesses. Yeah. What are we doing that you've now, not, not, not we're cho- choosing you, mm. why are you choosing us? And that, so, that, that kind of, and, and we all know that'll be different when they're up to, if they want to get to 50 sites, it's a whole different ball game. Mm. But there is just this permutation of different thoughts going through the sector, that we shouldn't, we don't have to be in Oxford, Cambridge. We could go to Amsterdam, I mean, Chris Miller, who runs uh, my ride fund, said, I'm you know, nothing against Exeter, being from Plymouth, I've every right to have a go at Exeter. But um, he said, I, 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 I prefer Exeter. It's easier to go for me to Brussels mm. and build a company and business than it is to go to Exeter. Mm. That's fair. Because the way we travel now, the way yeah. social media is set up, it's easier Not to go for the travel that. miles, though. I was saying we should only take three flights a year, so someone really cleverly said, so I can't get back. <laughs> my second, my second trip. Choose your destination. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but there you go. I mean, we we have got some amazing companies, brands, operators in this country, and we should be out there. Yeah. We should. By, be... by the way, you mentioned you mentioned Leon just yeah, now. Yeah. Is it me or has something magical happened with Leon in the last year or so? I just think their product, their menu, just, their stores. They've, they've just... done some great partnerships as well. They've really, yeah. really. They've got the Euro Garages one still to come online. And they're desperate to find planning applications in at a roadside one with them. I think they've um, the GFC stuff. They just they just nailed their marketing the evolution of what yeah. they do on products. But, if, but just if I'm if I'm in a train station or anywhere near a Leon, I just find myself gravitating towards it. Yeah. It's just really interesting. Favorite dish? What do you uh, I like it for breakfast. Yeah. I, like, I like the um, salmon and eggs. An avocado pot. Fish figure out. A bit of, millenn- been yeah. a bit of a millennial, you know. Ooh. It's a classic. Well, they've always done since they started. Just thinking about the last few things of business, then we'll, we'll turn our attention to PR and marketing and, and cover a bit of that. So, was just thinking about Pat Val. I just think one day a book or a movie will be read 
or, or produced on, mm. on what's happened there. I don't think we'll ever get to the full bottom of what's going on. There's just you know bids on the table and then a lower bid was taken. Mm. And then the lower bid was, was prerequisite on the fact that the management team would put money in and now that management team is no longer there. Mm. It just, something's not right. We're not going to close stores, we're closing 14. I just think we've not heard the end. Yeah, I mean, I think it's complete scandal. Whatever comes out is, is going to be fascinating. Yeah. There's also a thing for me about the way these sites get closed, mm-hmm. where the administrators come in and they just shutter these sites overnight. People lose their jobs. There's these stories coming out around people not being paid, mm-hmm. talking about hourly paid workers. And I know the guys that have to handle these administrations have a really difficult job. Uh, we know quite a few of them. Mm. And they're just following the legislation. But I think it's just ugly the way it's done. And, and I feel like something's going to change. Yeah. I'm not sure what. But yeah. You mean with CVAs? It, with CVAs or with administrations. Yeah, or, the, the, you know, obviously the creditors need protecting. But the way the creditors are protected at the expense of everyone, including people that work in these sites to the point where their job stops, their wages stop, and actually often they're owed wages and, and, and they struggle to, to recoup what they're owed. It's just, it just doesn't feel right and it doesn't play well in the media. And I just can't help feeling that at some point that's going to need to change. It's um, it's not good for the sector. No, and every every bad headline is fueled into people seeing the sector as not a place, good place to, to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the flip side of that is when Jamie's went under, and some and some played it better than others in terms of in terms of you know come and work for us wherever you wherever out a job. You get an influx of people who've been trained well. Yeah. I mean the one thing at James yeah. was yeah. amazing ability to train people and and you'll get that. You'll get an influx of staff, same with Petitory Valley, you know, you'll get an influx of staff which the sector is crying out for good stuff. Yeah. Um, that's that's the silver lining on a very, very big cloud. And yeah. I agree I agree I agree with Mark. It's um doesn't play well for the sector and you know, we, we touched on this at Christmas where everyone was looking for investment there'd be a story every week where I want to invest in this great concept <clears throat> maybe not yeah. I actually thought when the B word not brew the other B word was off the front pages for a week or two weeks there felt like a logjam had been released there, there felt that people went we can't hide behind this fact anymore we've got to go and we've got to expand we've got to put plans in place for the next two or three years it's not going to change it's going to be uncertainty Infinitum, and yet I feel like now people have gone. It's like that tortoise put its head over its shell, going, oh, "I might just nibble on this lettuce." Yeah. Oh, actually, back in again. Yeah. And I, I do worry that people have done that; they've gone back in again. And actually, there's a very few brands, concept businesses, operators who've got the ability and also the guts to go. You know what? We're gonna, we're gonna. You know, Aaron Miller putting money into Red's true Do You know, that was going to be my last point before we move into marketing. It was a bit red. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I actually think that might be just a genius move. Mm. I think he stabilised the business. They had already an embryonic relationship with Brudel. Mm-hmm. I think they could build on that. I think that should be, that could be huge. I think what people try to do with that brand is try to make it vanilla and, and make it something to everyone. And actually, it's a fun brand. It's a pie brand. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Have the best night of your life. Yeah. I think the and food Aaron, was Aaron, really good. But Aaron it? will go in and Generally. go, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I can do stuff with that. Yeah. You make the money here, I can help you with this bit. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be vanilla. And I actually, you know, I might be wrong, but I actually think that might be someone's taken a punt on those guys yeah. and gone, you know what? We'll take the Genesis, what was great in the first place. Yeah. And, and, and we'll and, go with that. Yeah. I think there was a timing issue as well. Like, the, the world's taste turned towards non-meat and stuff, you know, halfway through when they were doing stuff, and it was like, ah, damn it, you know, that's... Where, again, if they just opened that bit earlier, then it might have helped. The sauce business, yeah, that, 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 low margin, but must be going really well. They, they, Especially for brand awareness. I mean, I, I think for me, there, there was a danger where their... I mean, I love their energy and their charisma, like you say. Oh, brilliant. I think there was a danger that their food, or rather their, their PR... A reputation went ahead of where the business was, mm. and, and I haven't, I haven't rotated enough. But I've, I've eaten there a couple of times, and, and when I ate there a couple of times, I just thought, I'm not sure if this is good enough. Oh, and I, I, might, really I, I, might, I might have had the, you know, kind of the, the B shift or the gone along day. Like, it was actually Shoreditch and then Leeds. Uh, well, what about that site then? So it's turned into Glorious. No, I has anyone I, been? I, I do think when they took the Shoreditch site, it was egged on by every event they went to. Oh, you're, you're, it's easier not in London. 
Well, the best thing they did was, um, I thought, was the pop up they did in the old blue last across the road. Yeah. And should have just that kept was it. A, that was and, and, incredible. And should have just kept it that as proof we can do this. Well, that was popular, brilliant. But we're going to open in Bristol. Oh. We're going to open in somewhere you're not. Yeah. And just. And I think that's why I think with, with Aaron, I think someone who actually the industry doesn't really know has got wow. over 30 sites. Well, I think, and also you can just underestimate the operational pressure that puts on you from going from the northwest down somewhere. It was, big, it was a big issue, yeah, for and, sure. And you just need to, geographically, I think you just need to really think it through. Wow. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. Right, thinking about market and stuff then, let's switch across to, to, to happier stuff. Some big things this year, right? So we had, um, we had a lot of things like uh, Carlsberg. I think was a big one. Yeah, right. Was a big one. Ah, oh, awesome. Well, I, I think the thing is, always sort of saying that the, the podcast with Liam, and it was just like the, the marketing director, and it was like in life, there's only two things that could be out of whack, and one is your brand promise, or one is your product for that promise. So either rewrite the promise to meet the product, or sort the product to meet the. That's pretty much it, right? I know there's a bunch of stuff, but pretty much. Yeah. So they did that, and I think that's pretty incredible that we got the autonomy to do that. And then I guess you were slightly more involved in it than us two. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at if you look at where they were, um, so they're they're Carlsberg Pilsner Mm -hmm. or Carlsberg Green, as they hate it being called, but their mainstream lager. If you put it into a blind, as it was, if you yeah. put it into a blind taste test of the top 10 selling brands in the UK, it would always do fine. It would always be three or four. Uh-huh. Carlsberg Export would always be number one. Export's brilliant. Export is a brilliant I really bit. love Export. But then if you open taste it, so you say, uh-huh. this is a brand you're drinking, this, you know, what do you think? Can you mark it out of, out of these other nine mm. beers? Export and Carlsberg would always be, you know, towards... The other end of the of the pack where you don't want to be, and Peroni would come right through to the front, and it would be number one. So they clearly had it's a badge this, issue. This, this badge issue. Yeah. So I think, interestingly for me, and I hope they don't mind me saying this, I think they almost overegged the situation to drive a reappraisal. So they they went they recognised that. I mean, if you talk to Liam, I know you did. He sort of says it was a bit watery. It was a bit weak. It was a bit mainstream. But the research said it said it was fine. But actually, they overegged the the kind of badness of the beer in order to drive that reappraisal. Mm. So probably not the best. And they and they did go back to to to, to basics with the brew, and then they worked with Bav, the brewmaster, mm. and she she recognised the need to create a bit more a beer with a bit more body, mm. um, a bit more a little bit more flavour, a little bit more hop, a bit more malt, just a bit more a bit more taste. Um, without alienating the existing Carlsberg drinkers. But to your point, what they then did where, yeah, we've got this promise where we're talking for the last 15 years, 20 years, about probably the best beer in the world. Maybe more? Maybe, maybe yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but actually, it, it wasn't. And, um, I mean, I think they talk about probably the best beer in the kind of lager, world lager category. Um, but but the, the new beer is really good as a, as a mainstream lager they're trying to go mainstream plus mainstream plus which they talk about as being Amstel and, and the others yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it was just a really exciting project it's, it's kind of when the client goes balls out and just really goes for it and you know with the mean tweets you know these tweets about what people on Twitter had said about mm. Carlsberg and they were actually promoting them 
And it's, um, a, it's a well-trodden path, but I'm glad they did it. Yeah, and there's other brands that have done yeah. it, and I think those other brands have called out. You know what it looks like? Right. It all looks like Carlsberg are doing a KFC, but you know they were tweeting stuff like Carlsberg tastes like, like the urinal like, cube, yeah, or like or, <laughs> or like the bath water that your nan died in, yeah. And they were promoting those tweets, and obviously there are a few savvy people that sort of said, oh, "I can Hello. see where this is going." But um, but the, and then they got you know their staff. They went they went and filmed at the brewery for a day in the UK, and they got this, the various members of the team there to read out these tweets, and they just properly properly owned it. And, they, and then the stuff on TV with Mads, you know, it was a, bit, a little bit dark, a little bit of a departure from what they've done with Export. Basically, the the, the person that did the brew's dead now. Yeah, yeah. And the bottom of this lake. So yeah, and and then the whole. So I just. Just the other thing for me is it was all based on on research, which is, and you're starting to see this with a, a couple of other mainstream lager brands, where it's like, guys, we're, we're talking to this diminishing pool. Mm. You know, we can talk about football and lads and pubs and all the rest of it all we like, but actually, if you, if you look at what the new generation coming through as adult drinkers, you know, the kind of 18 to 35 year olds want, it's authenticity, credibility, experience. To taste and um, are we really delivering that to them mm. and can we really go on marketing our brands the way we are yeah. so I think you know I don't want to call out other brands and say what they're doing is wrong but if, if you look at Foster's and what they're doing with the kind of two Aussie guys oh, I just wonder if yeah I just wonder if that's going to work you know is mm. that is that they're playing to their base and I really like the adverts personally but is that going to do for that brand is it going to grow what they needed to and and the other thing sorry I'm going off a diatribe now if you look at the beer category people come into the beer category through lager so we can talk about world beers and pilsners and IPAs and craft but actually people come into beer through lager and then once they build their confidence in the category they go on to other things so for for the beer guys out there if if we want to build this category and keep keep recruiting drinkers lager is really important when I was just going to say how much, because it's very brave, like you say, it was, it was warmed out, it was, we're going to do this. What was the conversation? Was there many people going, no, this is too far, we can't do this? Well, I think, yeah, I'm... So on the podcast. Yeah. I think, I think... Yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, I think, uh, just, just, just kind of, <laughs> if you talk to Liam, as, as McSee has done over there, <laughs> I think, yeah, I wasn't privy to those conversations, but... Carlsberg Pilsner is 40% of the UK business and the UK business is a very, very significant part of Carlsberg Group. So it's something they had to get right um, and they had to, they recognised the need to shift and I think Liam it has been around and, and he is a proper marketeer who understands brands. So I think it was really, a lot of it was getting behind Liam and you know buying into his vision but it could have went either way yeah for to, sure to your point you know well, for someone to give still, you that trust it still could but I mean yeah. it's, it's interesting you, you, you kind of get and stretch when you've sent some of these out you get yearly you get the, the, the journalists will go what do you think of this brand what, what engagement do you have and I get this once or twice a year from the drinks brand and I've got to say Colesburg have always been the most proactive Ooh. in terms of you know going out there getting opinion doing stuff and, and, and to push the envelope it just felt something they would do anyway you know it felt something that, that if, if any brand was going to do it Colesburg were going to take the plunge yeah and, there, and there, there's a lot going for them in terms of this whole Danishness thing and there's, there's a few sort of, quite a few positive yeah, feel good the heavy you know and and also the history of the business because yeah. I kind of go off on one at this point but if you look at if you look at the way the business was founded um JC Jacobson was all about what they call open sourcing, funding scientific research, sharing it. And he talks that, more about water than he does about blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chairman, the chairman talks about you know, in twenty years' time we're going to have water shortages. Can we really use four liters of beer to brew one liter? Of, sorry, four liters of water to brew one liter of Great beer. Speech. I've seen him do it. And he's... Yeah, and and I think if you look at they have funded scientific research over the years they they were the first ones to purify yeast 
and that meant that you could replicate lager over and over the same every time mm. and that was in 1883 I think but they shared that information with the world and they've got this amazing letter from Heineken basically saying thank you very much for sharing your yeast with us you know they were suffering from beer sickness like everyone at that time mm. So they sandpaper. <laughs> I mean, I've had sandpaper at Foster's, dude. I mean, that's a genius. That's all summer now. It's the But I think there was a. I think there's a brass plaque with a phrase at the gates. Yeah, of there is. Car- and I can't remember what it said. I'm sorry. It, but it basically says take, to to take brewing to a high and honourable degree, and it talks about the pursuit of of betterment or the pursuit of better no, and ever yeah ever yeah. ever better. Brewing techniques. Everything we do is going to be about improve, continuous improvement. So this is what Liam cleverly, as a brand guy, held up and said, "Are we this?" And they went, "Oh." So what other success stories, market-wise? Then, so oh, I tell you who my sort of man crush is at the moment, uh, Gary Osher. Just this new, fresh, interesting, unfiltered. Humble, non-corporate anti-local yeah. fuck the system tattoos everywhere stuff. and then he's done great content so he's got this little not little quite big sort of Twitter show where he's done his little yeah. you know kind of oh here's how you do a steak here's how you do a Bernie sauce and it's just real advice it's like fuck that advice this yeah. is what it is da, da, da. Yeah. and then he clears all of his social content and starts all over again yeah. so I'm really annoyed because I was trying to get it for a social media course I'm doing in a couple of weeks and I looked on, he's just like deleted everything, and I was like, it's, it's that shout, shout out to Dan at Natural Selection Design, who does his stuff. Is that right? Yeah. In, oh, I in, don't in, know. in an yeah. era where we're all sort of trained and pre programmed and everything's chiseled to a depth degree. Huh? Like we, us, we're chiseled, don't we? Oh, well, yeah. maybe, maybe not. But Hammond. Hammond's uh, <laughs> worth great. He is an unfiltered, and it stands up. If you're unfiltered, it stands up. I love, I love the stuff he did where he offered that guy I know we're going off at a tangent here but he offered that guy a job the homeless guy yeah. and it was just so so honest but it's clearly working for him and if you're looking at the people who buy into him through the through the, the raises that he does on crowdfunding mm. you know that Carlo was and they're sector people this, yeah. is, this is not just like Joe Public this is sector people getting involved yeah. and want to want to be seen to be seen with him mm. and do stuff with him who else has been a huge success for you this year? So I think I mean, I've got a few in my mind, but I think looking at drinks, I love the Guinness uh, Six Nations campaign. Yeah, I didn't know about that. You told me about that earlier. Yeah, like, so anyway. so they did. They basically agreed the sponsorship late. I think. Oh, you like this? It's all the Welsh folk. <laughs> HSBC, we're going to be. Um... Where's the Welsh thing come from? <laughs> so um, just got to bring your David, sheep to a meeting. David Winged. Um, <laughs> So HSBC were lined up to do the Six Nations sponsorship. They pulled out, and within with about six weeks' notice, Guinness came in as the main sponsor, and they made this fantastic video based on on two Welsh brothers that that travel the tournament and they go and watch Wales wherever they're playing, whether it's Italy or Paris, wherever. And the story is, and it's based on a true story, that their ageing mother, in her will, left them some money but she specified that it was only to be spent on the Six Nations. And if you go on YouTube, you can you can view it. I just think it's a fantastic piece of storytelling. You don't hear um, No, I, I, I've not. This is the first time I've heard it. Okay. And it, it was just a great campaign. I think the speed in which they turned it around, the understanding of their audience, the emotional storytelling, off the back of other stuff they've done in rugby around Johnny Wilkinson and Gareth Thomas and Shane Williams. Mm. just think it's just... Just Gareth really, they're a, cla- they're a class act. Mm. Yeah, Gareth Thomas, you know, coming out. I think all, they're just they're just a cl- they're just a class act, and I thought that was really good. While we think about the good stuff, one of the things which I thought just fell way off was um, Budweiser, right? With Pride. Oh yeah. Did you see the stuff they did? Terrible. The it was just like the intention was there. The intention is honourable. They just went too. Far. Far. Yeah. It was too. Did you see it? No. So basically, they went for. I'm going to screw this up now. But there was a colour for each. Like a colour chart, and and then if you were so and so, so it was a tryhard. Yeah, but it was too. So it totally was a tryhard. But it, but it blew back so yeah. bad, and it was such a shame because I think they were trying to genuinely yeah. do good, and you know what was the, there was a grey. 
Yeah, and there's like a, a, a trans one, there's a non-binary one. Oh, there's all just any categories and too much to yeah, understand. It's sort of it was almost putting labels on labels yeah. on people. And this yeah. is about no labels. Putting on, yeah. And I think but to me it also smacks I have limited sympathy because it you're right, their intention was good, but it smacked of someone who was trying to do something in five seconds flat. And they hadn't really thought it through. Yeah. Just big companies in, yeah. Big companies trying to do pride wash yeah, yeah. or LGBT wash, yeah, and not actually having it at any depth. And then, uh, lots of kind of, I think I've seen a lot more from the bigger brands. I think smaller, smaller brands, I haven't seen lots of marketing effort or spend or loads that are standing out on social. I mean, I think Ivy's done a pretty good job in terms of their openings. I think they've opened particularly well. That's that's money behind it, though. You're talking something like under 20 sites. Yeah. Who's marketing very well? Just who's done something that's like, wow, you know. I don't think anything else. I think they just pulled back on spend to concentrate on offer and yeah. staff and cutting costs. I've not seen it. Because I've been writing a column lately and, and it's been a bit like, well, yeah, I listen to this every week and it's like, well, there's not much to talk about. Actually, maybe we should knock this back to a couple of weeks, you know, and, you know, I've not, there's not loads standing out. That I, think you re- I think you rely on an MD or founder, if you're that small, to be your marketing guy, to be the guy. Mm. We talk about Will a lot. Mm. We talk about Marcel Thunderbird. You rely on that person to be your marketing guy, to be the rallying point. And what's happening in the business as well? So when you were talking just then, I was thinking of Meat Liquor and Scott Collins. We weren't going to sleep. <laughs> no, I'm not to. But their new opening um, in just north of Oxford. But they bought the big pickle. Yeah. For the that Instagrammable mm. shot. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That and was if fun. and if you go into that site, there's loads of stuff that you want to take pictures of. There's the photo booth. Poke for Jaeger. Poke for Jaeger. Adventure bars did that very well as well. But also, what he did very well on on the new meat liquor, so the original moved, is the fact he said if you are staff in a that was cool in a hospitality yeah. sector and you finish at twelve, yeah. we're open till three. Yeah. Yeah. Come, yeah. Come, 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 come and unwind with us. Oh, yeah. Which is very clever, and he knows he's got the connections in the marketplace, but that will get out, and then we'll find that that crowd. Yeah. So no other marketing really. Burger King, for example. Yeah, that was brilliant. Brand of the year at Cannes, and the evidence of some of that was how many downloads of the app. Uh, it was like number so, one so when, so on the app store worldwide. Yeah, basically when they trolled McDonald's, so people had to go into a McDonald's, McDonald's location. In order to benefit from an offer That's they were doing, good, isn't it? yeah. But listen, they they got 1.5 million downloads of the app, mm. and they got 500,000 redemptions of a Whopper. It was just magnificent. Well, I thought they just as a, a complete, you know, slightly different thing. The the Stranger Things stuff was pretty impressive. With Coke, with 75 different brands. <laughs> There was actually 75. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So they had Burger King in there, they had Baskin Robbins, KFC were in there, da, da, da. But I think Burger King taking brand of the year worldwide, not just food and drink, worldwide Everything. at Cannes was I think something quite exciting for in, our industry, in, I think. In the, UK, it? in the UK it was a blank canvas, and I think what they've done is really well in the UK. Because it, it's coming from a position of non-strength but it's got so many areas yeah. of improvement. I would argue the UK was the least of it actually so it seems to be kind of worldwide with Fernando doing a lot more stuff I think the UK's got a way to go if you look at UK's Instagram page for Burger King it's got something like it's got less than 10,000 followers it's just behind Plymouth Argos I think you're fine. Just behind Plymouth Argos. I was shocked between them, KFC, and a couple of others. I was truly shocked. How many? 7,700. That's a UK. (laughs) 7,000. 500 sites. That's ridiculous. It's shocking. Worldwide brand. Shocking. It's UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you talk to them, they know they've got it all to do. And we need to get it done. And Alistair is it? But it's win-win. But, they, but they've just bought the business, and they've got restaurants that need investing. They've got new product development which needs to be developed. They've got technology which needs to be rolled rolled in. That's not hard. That bit. Day parts. They need to. They need to go 
go into But they it. have got it all to do. That Ooh. business, before they came in, that business was milked for the previous 10, 15 years. Yeah. I've just, I'm just... You've got, a, you've got a business, got a unique selling point. Yeah. It's a grilled burger rather than a mm. burger. Better product. You've got sites that are on every high street in the UK. You've got franchisees who are disenfranchised and want, and want to get them on side. You're pleased with that, aren't you? <laughs> franchises disenfranchising yeah, yeah. you've got to be happy with that well, this time of night after these yeah, yeah, yeah I'm very happy yeah. to get those two words out but you've got as I said when they did the business women, what they need to do is buy another franchise business yeah. and build up their equity store base mm. I think yeah, so they can experiment sure. there's a few good folk there though with, with Alistair Murdoch and sure, Tim Doubleday but, and but what I would say is brand of the year they can't have looked at that yeah, there's there's a kind there's of dis- a, there's a disconnect no, there, there, there's isn't there? A disconnect. Okay. Right, last couple of questions in because we, we probably should go. Um, Sue, best city to eat in well, in, U- in the UK. Yeah, well, anywhere in the world. Uh, at the risk of being really boring and predictable, it's London. At the risk of being boring and predictable, Excellent. agreeing with him, I'd still say London. Okay. Man- Manchester, a close second, and actually Birmingham. In the next, Shut up. Excuse me. <laughs> it's a lot going on in Birmingham. Birmingham, Birmingham, give it a year, Birmingham will be covered up on the roads. Yeah, it's a real buzz around Birmingham at the moment. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> uh, best restaurant you've ever eaten in? Quick fire. Go on, what's yours? While we scramble around. I would have said um, one of mine, I mean, Hawksmill's up there, I think, probably still. I, I really enjoyed, there's one called The Orrery. Which was a corn run, I don't know if it still is, and it was a Marlebone. Um, I've been that. quite lucky over the last few years to be taken um, to a few nice restaurants. But Brat would be one of the ones I've had. Just It's not just just the food, just had a great time. Yeah. It was a great company, great time, great food. I've heard great things about Brat. Mm. Yeah, Brat for me would yeah. be up, up there at the, at the moment. Um, I love Hawksmoor. Mm. I just think what they do is amazing. Uh, I love the Ivy. I think that, that that's really fantastic. Yeah. Probably the Woolsey for breakfast. Nice. That's, that's uh, the best. Brighton Foe. Uh, I went out with my, um, my my wife. Which one? Brighton Foe? Yeah, Brighton Foe. Huh. We had, I think it was the new menu had just come on, and they had a thing called Morning Glory. Which oh, yeah, it's Morning Glory Yeah, and it was just great. It was just, yeah. I mean, you know, and it was, service was great, food was great, new menu, tried it all, great. Share it to Libby then. Um, so, best dishes ever. What's the thing that you crave? My grand steak can you buy. Okay. Hard to replicate? She used to give me the full kiss steak can you buy and then actually make a smaller one I'm still hungry and get to me nice. afterwards. So that and her Cornish pasties, pretty much homemade. Do you mean in a restaurant, don't you? That would be nice, but yeah, yeah, sure. I'm glad for the memories. That's good. Uh, ribeye steak and bootlace fries at a brasserie run by Thomas Keller, the guy oh, that, yeah. runs, that does French laundry. Yeah, yeah. So I went to his place called Bouchon uh, a few years ago. And part of it's tied up with, we were traveling, having a great holiday, but it was just a really memorable it has to, meal. It has, it has to be the whole the yeah, thing. Yeah, a great um, wine, and but, but just a fantastic piece of meat. And yeah, just good times. Smokestack. Good one. Smokestack Burger. Um, actually, it was at a host festival a year ago where you, you turn up and you. So posh. I, I, went, I went three years ago and, and thought, maybe, no, maybe longer than that, when Dirty Burger was just coming out and Dirty Burger was the, was the thing and you had a Dirty Burger and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a year ago, I went there, Dirty Burger wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. And then there and there, I smoked that burger and it was exceptional. Oh, I need to do that, I haven't done that yet. Exceptional. So, what, uh, best drink? The go to drink. I mean, I love I love beer. Carlsberg's new piss. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, Carlsberg's probably the best. But if it's not Carlsberg, what, uh, what else? <laughs> uh, recently, um, uh, Wet Brasserie that's just opened in Horsham have got the Pilsner Oracle um, tanks. Tanks are good, which are which are fantastic. Enjoy the tanks, um, which they're doing splendidly on. Um, I'm trying to think of the name now of the one at um, Hawksmoor, which I only recently had. Now I know it's I know it's a mistake on my part, which is. Um, the ginger beer one. Oh, Shaky Beats ginger beer. Oh, that's great. That is. Oh, yeah, that's that not one is, of my favourites. It's yeah. coming to my life this year. Oh my god. And that's I, feel great. Like, I feel like I've missed two or three years of my life. Oh, d- d- yeah. It's an exceptional drink. Yeah. Uh, there's a shop near me called Real Ale, and they've uh-huh. just got a fantastic selection of craft beer, and there's stuff from 
North Brewing Company. No, no, North, yeah. And uh, I want to say Burnt... Burnt Sky. Burnt Sky. Arise. Yeah. It's a good um, one, yeah. And, yeah, just a fantastic selection of these New England IPAs and craft beers, and there's always something in there to try. It's normally like four or five pounds for a, for a can, which, you know, it's punchy, but, but that's what I'm really into at the moment. We haven't mentioned the B word in terms of Brewdog. No, go I, went, on, no. I went to the Shepherd's Bush Brewdog. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to give a little plug to um, Tom Elliott, um, one of his Bruce Springsteen nights, mm. which is a Shepherd's Bush, which was an exceptional night. And if anybody's not gone to one of them, the Hungry Heart nights, I would do. They're, they're fantastic. We went to the Brewdog in Shepherd's Bush to warm up. And they had some exceptional beers on tap. Yeah. Uh, North Monk was one of them. Northern yeah, Northern Monk. Monk sorry, yeah, that's good, that's good which stuff. Which was fantastic. And actually, a shout out Dark Star we talked about earlier in terms of Simon Fuller's, and there's, there's some yeah. rumours about Dark Star and MD's obviously stepped down, but one of the, one of the main things they did before, um, before James Cufferson left, um, just before Fuller's put money into it, they did a craft lager. Which you know get on. Well, I just like this is the the red lager. Yeah, the red yeah, lager yeah, awesome. is is an awesome lager, yeah. and it's one of those craft lagers which I think Fuller's or Asahi now will run along in terms of frontier oh, being so. premium, and the red lager oh, being so. a bit more um, accessible. I have to say as well, uh, I tried a fantastic lager the other day, which is called Sun and Steel by Trooper. Okay. And it's in sake infused. Okay. And it's delicious. So not Trooper like Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, Iron Maiden, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? And then, yeah, worst, worst meal, worst meal ever. Where have you had a shocker? Have to be Frankie and Benny's, I think. Yeah. No, I think it's what I made the other night for my wife, and I apologise. Just in the set. No. No, you wouldn't say. No. But you say so many other bad things about people. No, you've been no, 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 no. They're, okay. all, they're all my favourite children. <laughs> what about you? Uh, worst meal. That's really difficult. I don't know. I don't want to think of the answer, please. Um, lately, I think I had something from Upper Crust. Like, I had a five or six quid sausage baguette. And I'm not even sure the sausage was meat. I th- it just felt like it was dust. I don't know. I was pretty hungover. But I felt a bit gutted <laughs> that I'd spent six quid on this thing. And, yeah, I made a bad decision. Right, okay, well, listen, I think that's us because we're now at ten past ten. And, uh, yeah, we probably... I've got one more drink left in us and then we better get the hell out of Dodge. So, thank you for coming into the summer special. Thank Mark, Mark Wingett and Mark Stretton. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks, yeah, it's Mark. been really good. We might end up sort of looking at the length of this, but anyway, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and um, thanks to Gabby for being here as well. And thanks to Summer's Town coffee house yeah. and the yummy pubs guys um, for having us bless them thanks and, uh, thanks Tim yeah we'll see you at Crimble yeah see you then peace so there you have it for part two of the three wise marks podcast a little bit more on business there but also majoring on marketing and creativity in the last six months across the hospitality sector thanks to all of you for listening Really appreciate it, all the wonderful messages we get week on week. Huge thanks to BDO. Thanks so much for all of their help from day one in supporting the Supersonic podcast. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby for pulling the podcast together and getting up there every single Tuesday for 6pm. I really appreciate it. And lastly, thanks to you for listening. Bless you for being here. Thanks for sharing and evangelizing about the podcast. This is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Hopefully this has been enough value and thought-provoking information to help your brand boom.